0: helping individuals to become their own advocates helping individuals to become more informed mm-hmm. uh, healthcare decision makers in a variety of ways it it, it has to be personal like, like good general information yeah. is nice but all, you know most of us are smart enough uh, or egotistical enough that that, mm-hmm. that we can we can talk away logical information but right. as you pointed out the second that somebody points out to me that if I have a drink later in the evening, I don't sleep as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's that simple, but it, but it's that important that, it, that that person can use their information. It's not just general information about alcohol later in the day could affect your sleep. It's when I have a drink or when, you know, in my case, when I eat, a, you know, The bowl of ice cream at 9 (laughs) p.m. I'm not going to sleep as well. It's Mm -hmm. obvious, Um, but you know, and in individuals, you know, again, in that example, doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, right? But at least the next day, I'm not blaming it on something else. I can I can have some accountability around it, and I can make some decisions about what I'm going to do now, in order to to feel better in a more sustainable way.
1: Good afternoon. My name is Graham Durge, and I'm the founder and CEO of New Waters Recovery in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Finding New Waters. Our goal in creating Finding New Waters is to provide a resource for families to help navigate the complexities of supporting a loved one struggling with substance use or mental health. When we find ourselves in crisis due to one of these issues, most people have no idea where to turn. We hope to shed some light under what is often the darkest hour for many families. I'm joined here today by our medical director, Dr. Harold Hong and Ryan Hansen, who's a founding partner at Trifecta. Trifecta specializes in advanced consulting and therapeutic services for discerning clientele. Ryan Hansen boasts an extensive 20 plus year background in behavioral healthcare, combining clinical expertise, research acumen and organizational leadership. His commitment to authentic, compassionate communication has driven positive results within multiple organizations, Enhancing team morale productivity and loyalty Ryan's therapeutic expertise is vast with a focus on sexual health grief and loss career development addiction mental health and process driven disorders his systematic approach takes into account the whole individual offering a holistic pathway toward toward healing and balance his clinical work has fueled his talent for innovative program development by harnessing creativity data driven decision making and best practices Ryan has built sustainable and profitable programs and startups not-for-profit centers, and large healthcare corporations. His solid business acumen extends to board management, state licensure, program accreditation, and facility oversight. Ryan, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for
0: inviting me. It's great to be here. Of course, of
1: course. We uh, we go back uh, many years, uh, back to my days back in Florida, when you were at uh, Karen Treatment Centers, and and I was at Voyage, and uh, it's just great to reconnect with you. We we haven't seen each other or talked in, in quite a, li- a while, so I'm very excited to learn more about Trifecta and for our listeners to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing. So why don't we kind of start there, and you can tell us um, just a little bit about, you know, what Trifecta is and, and kind of the work that you guys are doing right now.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Trifecta was really designed, you know, uh, Myself, Liz Duffy, and Randall Mullings uh, have a number of years of experience in the be- behavioral health industry. And, and we designed Trifecta after seeing a whole bunch of things that were extremely helpful for clients and families and, and, and life-changing, and also some components that didn't work. Uh, and, and we really wanted to figure out the the why didn't it work what mm-hmm. what was missing, what was misapplied, what could have been done better. Um, we all take it very personally about how a client or a family, uh, how they do, you know, what whether their lives get better. Um, and so the idea behind Trifecta was always, let's tailor it to each person mm-hmm. and really make sure that we understand what they need, what blind spots are present, Working with the entire system and using measurable strategies throughout the the course of our our time with someone to make sure that what we're doing is having the effect that the client and the family have have asked asked to have help with and and that's that's what Trifecta was founded on, yeah.
1: And I think that's so important, especially right now in, in kind of, you know, as the world that we're in and, and the clients that we're seeing on a daily basis these days, I feel, are more complex than ever, right? Um, we're just dealing with way more variables now, you know, going down to kind of social media and all the kind of aspects of that. and. Um, you know, uh, a lot of very, very complex mental health issues, and and I think that you're 100 on the on the button, right? And you know, we've got to be individualizing our care. Like this, this model of kind of uh, I call it kind of cracker jack treatment, where you know this you know one size fits all you know treatment is just doesn't work for for the stuff that we're seeing these days. You know, um, so so important to
2: to highlight that and and kind of how you guys manage that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm curious to hear more about what are some stories of clients that have sought out your services? Like, what are some of the stories that motivate them to engage with Trifecta? Uh, in the background, sure. for my question is we have a lot of we see many people who don't know they need help mm. uh, until someone really puts it in front of their face through an intervention of some kind. And then they come in and then, you know, thankfully, they feel grateful that someone put that issue in front of them. Uh, so i 'm always curious about to hear these stories of people who didn't really know they needed help or realized they needed help, but what was that insight that connected them with a place like Trifecta?
0: Mm. well um, the The relationships that we've spent you know twenty plus years developing um, we don't advertise our services, so everyone who gets to us is a referral from someone we already know mm-hmm. um, and that that kind of has set the stage for you know is that you know a reputable assessment program that mm-hmm. says look here's what we've found out this isn't our wheelhouse mm. can you help or will you help um w- would this be a good fit right those are the types of introductions that that we we typically mm-hmm. uh have at the beginning but the the clients that are coming to us are coming to us for a variety of reasons, right? So, um, individuals who are struggling with substance use and mental health, um, whether it's themselves, whether it's their their referent, a therapist, a, a friend, a, a wealth manager, uh, an agent, um, you know, so, someone within their system, is trying to you know to, to encourage change and and you know as we all know individuals can be in varying stages of of openness uh, to that process mm-hmm. um and and so the those clients that they they get to us and and many times it's the identified individual who has the problem right and as we start working with the whole system and that's really our approach we're a systemic approach we we don't we don't generally want to uh, focus only on one component, hmm. um, and so that allows us then to to get into uh, family work and relationships and business business partnerships and uh, financial health and medical health and, and and really start incorporating all the pieces of of who someone is uh, and what matters to them. Um, so you know we have you know we've worked with high profile individuals and we've worked with. Family members, and we've worked with a whole bunch of people that nobody would have ever heard of. Uh, they're wonderful people, and 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 all of them are coming on some level because of pressure. There's a pressure that either internally, externally, or both is really pushing on them to do something different in their life, and and. They may, may be incredibly willing to, to tackle what we would identify as, as the you know, the, uh, the primary concern, and sometimes they're not. And, and regardless, because we're working with the system, we can start providing tools and resources uh, to hopefully move, move the individual and the system itself toward a, a healthier level of functioning and, a, and, and, and more productivity and more happiness. Mhm. Yeah, and I kind of think of
1: you guys as kind as the uh like crisis intervention team, right? And you're coming in on, you know, at the front end when the family is blowing up and, you know, kind of keeping it all together. And, and you know, it's unfortunate, but most people have no clue what to do when they're faced with this. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this many times on the pod before, but it's, you know, the dreaded people start Googling things and, you know, looking for information online and you can really never know what's what or who, you know, what program is a good one. Um, so, you know, I think it, it, having a team like you guys who are so entrenched and have been doing this for so long to really say, like, listen, we've got it. We're going to we're going to help you guys walk this path. We know all the right programs for different you know specialties and all that and And then, you know, when you get the client to you know, whichever program is is a good fit for them, you continue to work with the family component and kind of handle and manage that, which is such a big help to us as a program, right? to you know, because families, that can be a lot of times a, a huge uh, part of the of the core issue, right? and And to have like, to have a little bit of space there while that the identified patient is in treatment is really an important piece in, in until they're ready to do that family work,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that wholeheartedly, Graham, yeah. it, it, you know, what's what's important to all of us, it, it, it's connection, it's it's feeling loved and loving others and and, and, you know, being spiritually connected and emotionally connected and physically connected and and families and and, and my my career has been about working with families. I, yeah. I fell into it um but it has been uh, and guided everything that I've ever done. So the families many programs tend to view them as the the wild card or the X factor and, and they're not quite sure what to do with them and and We approach it from the lens of that's probably the most important component (laughs) of someone's approach to wellness is, you know, they don't want to be left behind by their family and they don't want to have to leave their family behind in order to be well. So uh, everyone in the system deserves a chance. Yeah. Agreed.
2: What are some ways that you get the family engaged? Because in, in my experience, many family members will say, like, I'm I'm fine right it's my husband or it's my partner it's my child they're the one that needs the help why are you looking at me (laughs) yeah
0: yes everything in our everything in our home would be fantastic if this one thing changed right right. Um, and and on some level they're correct in the sense that that thing is causing problems um but it normally only takes about half a conversation to ask a family member, what would you have been doing with all of your energy that's gone to this one problem? Yeah. What would you have been doing with all that energy for the last year, five years, 10 years, however long it's been going on? And most of the time, a door opens into, yeah, I, I, I quit my job 10 years ago to pick up the slack yeah. or I had to work two jobs. To pick up the slack, or I, I quit singing, or I quit, you know, and almost everyone gets there quickly. To yeah, that this is what I would have been doing,
2: yeah. and
0: and that's normally the entry point to okay. Well, then, it's not about saying that you're you're sick. It's about saying that you've experienced this also, and yeah. and and what would you need to be whole again?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, hundred percent
1: and you know i i just feel it's always interesting with the family aspect too i know in my from my own family my own experience it was you know kind of going to an al anon meeting and saying well that's not really for me you know uh, you know like you it's great that you go to aa like i don't really need this this is about you and not really understanding that this is just a family disease right and um, so what kind of work are you guys doing with the families are you are you meeting with them kind of weekly doing sessions recommending any sort of like outside um you know uh, community-based work or wh- what do you guys do with your clients
0: uh, s- similar to you know th- the identified individual yeah who comes into into our care and into our system we, we approach it the same way with a family member you know it, it's not a programmatic you know everybody does a b and c and everybody gets sent to this type of support or everybody um Everybody has to do a codependency worksheet. We, we don't approach it that way. Approach it from a very individualized standpoint. of We need to know about you, and then we we tailor a plan. If someone needs to be on the phone twice a week, great. Then that's how we're going to figure it out. If it's twice a month, that's fine. If it's some, some of the wonderful family support meetings that are already available, great. Let's Let's help you be able to access that. But if there are going to be barriers to that, then we we try to be as creative as we possibly can to eliminate the, the things that, that stop people. I mean, Graham, you give a great example that someone goes to their first Al-Anon meeting and they identify differences. Mm-hmm. They identify all the things that are unlike them uh, and say, this isn't helpful for me, or I didn't I didn't relate or I don't see how this applies to my situation. And so we want to shift the thinking around that to you tell us and we're going to work together to identify what you need. And then we're going to do
2: 10 things yeah. to make sure that,
0: that we found it. Mm-hmm.
2: That's great. Yeah, and when you're thinking about starting the work with the clients and given how individualized the approach is, what's your uh, framework or lens that you'll bring to try and understand, like, what are the core pieces of this puzzle?
0: So uh, we start with some of the basics, which we've all learned, you know, the biopsychosocial assessments, we're, you know, gaining records from previous Previous providers, if if they if they're there, mm-hmm. uh, current providers, if they're there, family histories, you know, getting information from collateral sources uh, to be able to corroborate or or rule in or rule out information, and then then similar to to you know the great work that you that you're doing, starting to find out where don't we have enough information, right? Uh, it, it's it, and and we are you know, we're happy to go outside of ourselves, we, we want to work with other professionals, who are in different realms and different disciplines. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it, you know, if someone says, you know, uh, everything changed when we we got our home in Vermont in, in 1989. Great, well, let's talk about that. But then let's also look at, you know, potential environmental factors, somebody contract Lyme disease, and have they been struggling with that? on a, you know, a physical and neurological level ever since, and it's never been talked about. Right. Or it was treated, but may not have been completely resolved. I, I mean, there, there are a thousand different pieces that when we start picking apart, we can find the big ones, and we can also make sure that the the ones that may, mm-hmm. may have gotten missed that, that would have tripped us up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that that's uh, kind of highlights, you know, the work that we do here at New Waters to an extent with, you know, really getting that information. You know, traditionally, it's been a lot of, you know, treatment placement happened pretty quick because families were in crisis and we had to get them somewhere safe, you know, as, as quickly as possible and medicated and stabilized and all of that. And, you know, we do that here, but I think even more importantly, it's like it's it's doing, you know, the assessment work that we do here and getting that information on the front end because it's 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 so hard to really get the full scope of what's happening with this individual on you know a couple phone calls trying to make placements and, and find out what's going on but you know if everybody stops takes a deep breath you know does some assessment work um, some psychological testing you know full medical workup psychological workup and then we have such valuable information to move forward and say okay this is what's really going on with this individual and this is what's driving our referral moving forward um, instead of just kind of throwing darts at a dartboard, you know, which is I feel like we've done for a while. So it's cool to, you know, be partnering with you guys in a, in a sense and working with you all a lot on on being that kind of source of information, really, you know, and helping, you know, uh, positive outcomes, you know, moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to helping clients we're, build. We're in full agreement. <laughs> Uh, sorry, when, when it comes to helping your clients build insight, what are some some of your favorite uh, stories about like breakthrough moments and how they got there?
0: Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, throwing things back in your face. Um, it, it, it's not called that uh, most of the time, but <laughs> it, it's, it's you know, it, if I I, I, I want to make sure that every client understands that we're listening. And yeah. so, w- when we create care plans, th- those care plans are: this is what you are telling me you want to accomplish. This is what we agreed. We agreed together. We were going to use to measure that, and how you would know that we made, you know, that we made a difference. That your life is better today. And and so, mm-hmm. those great moments are when somebody somebody says, I, you know. I, I don't know why I've been doing this. Like, you know, I just spent a lot of money and, and I'm not, I'm not any happier. Mm-hmm. And we pull something out and we go back to, you know, you, you told me you're fighting with your spouse every single day that you literally go to bed angry every, every night of the week. Mm-hmm. And over the last month, you've told me that you had one argument with your spouse. Mm. So Some, something changed. Right. And, and, right. and if, if we need to shift to something else, or or we've accomplished what we set out to do, awesome. Mm-hmm. But but you know th- those moments of insight are, oh, I did say that, or, uh, you know, I I, to- I told you at the beginning. Uh, I I remember a specific young man that that said, I am never ever getting married, never. Mm. Like okay, you know that that's i don't play matchmakers so that's not really uh, you know a concern of mine but what 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 had happened is because of some of the experiences that he'd had in the past his connections had really shrunk his need for safety had shrunk some of that and you know 6 or 9 months after uh, after we started doing some work uh, he, he came in and he said you know what i met this person mm. and i think I think this could really turn into something. And I'm like, I'm just going to like tell you now, you promised you were never getting married. And he started laughing because he never remembered saying that. Wow. He's like, I know I probably did say it, but I, he's like, uh, you know, and we're, you know, fast forward four and a half years later and two children wow. uh, that have been added to the mix. And, you know, it, it, it's, you know, he's happy. He has a life, and 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 he gets to share share it with people in in a way that he created. Yeah, mm. it's
1: beautiful. And you know, I guess one of the things that I I wanted to you know dig into as well because you guys are are. Um, you know, with the families throughout, you know, the entire treatment episode. And, and in, in most cases, I would assume you're working with families after the fact and through the aftercare and, and all of that. And, you know, how, in your opinion, does individualized treatment or care um, really set people up for success and, and, you know, with relapse prevention and, you know, positive outcomes and, you know, what what's the importance of that in your mind?
0: Well, there's... There's no reason to do it if you can't prove that it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 opening clients up and opening really the behavioral health industry up to um, being a, accountable in the sense of we have a responsibility to be behavioral sciences um, and 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 really pushing a, a, an industry, into change, yeah. you know, and, 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 and clients, clients on some levels that, I, I mean, clients understand very quickly, like, is this, you know, treatment speak or, or is this something objective that, that we can measure and we can measure it the same way, you know, from seven different angles. Um, so, so the outcomes Graham that that you mentioned mm. being able to identify the objective strategies um as well as you know certainly we want somebody to feel better that's that's going to be uh you know uh, while it comes across as being more subjective there actually are some objective ways to 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 approach how how we help clients and how we help ourselves as clinicians uh, take a look at our, is what we're doing with this client this individual client is it effective mm. then we can start talking about how to design studies and 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 do some of the other stuff i i'm secretly i'm i'm uh, a statistics nerd um i was a uh, uh, a stats TA in my undergraduate career <laughs> um, and 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 it's actually influenced uh, just about everything I've done in my career because I I want somebody to be able to know for sure and I want us I like knowing for sure that something had the effect that we wanted it to have not because of 27 commingled factors um, which is actually how life works but that you know we gave this particular medication and three days after and ever since i've had a different experience in the way that i approach the world uh i you know i i had my brain mapped and we started doing some some neuro rehab services and since that has happened i now feel less angry or I feel less triggered in certain circumstances, yeah. right? Th- those things are measurable, um, both from a subjective and objective standpoint. Um, and I, am always excited when, when, you know, individual providers and, and, uh, academics and science, uh, you know, k- works together because I, I, I- Now I'll use an example like a a biometric uh, tool that it's not medical grade, but it starts to provide information that I can use uh, to potentially change behavior, improve improve health and wellness, improve uh, you know connection. That stuff's cool, and and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and. It produces real change that people can see. And you're referring to uh, like using a whoop band or
1: something like that with your biometrics and um, and kind of tracking sleep and you know recovery and all that type of thing. Exactly.
0: And and <coughs> and there's some some new new companies uh, that have come into the market that have pr- that are producing medical grade measurements wow. um you know that F- Fda approved and and so what what starts to happen is where before this was seen as kind of a, a a pseudo piece of information it's it's now actually real information that we as healthcare professionals can be including in fact should be including when we're looking at the overall you know sense of wellness uh and 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 you know if, if someone is telling us you know I I started my career you know 22 23 years ago and and clients would say well I'm not sleeping yeah and you know the overnight staff at the facility would say every time I check on them they're asleep <laughs> you know, and so and so, we, so we have this immediate discrepancy about the experience that can actually be pretty objectively measured today you know whether whether it's you know uh, the mattress that uh, can measure movement and or the app that can be put on the bedside table that that measures, you know, sound and and, and breathing throughout the night mm. or or, you know, a wearable biometric that, you know, is measuring what some of the heart rate is like all of those things can give us an objective piece of information to understand is this person like. You know, do they do they have sleep apnea? And so their experience of their sleep, they're exhausted even though they were in bed for ten hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to affect every other decision uh, that they're trying to make at a critical time when when they know they have things that 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 need to to happen for them.
2: Mm-hmm. So use you've integrated wearables and biometrics into the treatment plan for the client work yes yes uh,
0: and 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 it gives it, it's one tool that we can use for a variety of individuals mm-hmm. but again if if someone is opposed to it if someone says i don't think that's my issue you know we're going to find some other creative ways to 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 think about how how can we how can we help confirm for you that what you wanted to do is happening? How can how can we how can we measure your wellness in in fifty different dimensions? Mm-hmm. You know that that's not always going to be a biometric wearable. That, yeah. that could be could be a whole bunch of things. But yeah. being creative that way and helping helping to to do it in a way that the client can accept it and own it and use it mm-hmm. and benefit from it. That's that's what we're after.
2: Yeah, super interesting. I've been I've been messing around with Apple Watch and Whoop, and uh, Justin's been talking about getting the Aura Ring. Uh, do you have any preferences for like which platform you think works best for this type of consulting work?
0: Well, I, I think some of it depends on what uh, what the issue is, mm-hmm. um, but in general, our society is sleep deprived. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's the fact you know sleep. Food, water, connection, shelter, sex—like, there's mm-hmm. some foundational pieces, and and sleep affects everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely everything. So
0: absolutely. so so, I, I don't particularly care if if someone. I don't have a particular preference around which biometric wearable mm-hmm. someone uses, as long as they'll use it, mm-hmm. right? So you know the the the, you know the rings. Generally are less obtrusive. People don't take them off uh, as often They tend, you know, they tended that therefore get used a little more consistently mm-hmm. um, That yeah. if they what whatever will reduce the barrier and mm-hmm. keep the progress moving forward That's what I prefer.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with the accuracy of these these wearables Um So I started using the Apple Watch uh, sleep tracking. And I I honestly think that the American Sleep Association, like they're getting close to endorsing it as like fairly accurate uh, because it can tell you how much time you spend in light sleep, slow wave sleep and REM. And and people are really seeing correlations. Oh, if I had a drink at dinner or if I had two cocktails, my REM sleep uh, like plummeted. Uh, my, my slow wave sleep also plummeted. And, you know, that's why I feel so crummy in the morning, just like so unrested. And then that, that is like a very powerful motivation for people to like optimize their daytime activities and they're seeing all these new connections. And I think that's wonderful that people can understand their bodies more, more correctly, more, more clearly, uh, because without these insights, they're just kind of going on their gut reaction. And a lot of times we're just a little bit miscalibrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know, no, I I I agree. And I I you know helping individuals to become their own advocates, helping individuals to become more informed mm-hmm. uh healthcare decision makers in a variety of ways, it, it, it has to be personal. Like, like good general information yeah. is nice, but all, you know most of us are smart enough uh or egotistical enough that that mm-hmm. that we can we can talk away. Logical information, but right. as you pointed out, the second that somebody points out to me that if I have a drink later in the evening, I don't sleep as well. Mm-hmm. It it it's that simple, but it, but it's that important that it, that that person can use their information. It's not just general information about alcohol later in the day could affect your sleep. It's right. when I have a drink or when you know, in my case, when I eat a you know. The bowl of ice cream at 9 p.m. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep as well. It's mm-hmm. like obvious, yeah. you know? but you know, and and, and individuals, it, you know, again, in that example, doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, right? But yeah. at least the next day, I'm not blaming it on something else. I can I can have some accountability around it, and I can make some decisions about what I'm going to do now, in order to to feel better in a more sustainable way yep yeah um so how
1: does it how does a client's level of readiness to change affect the tailoring of the treatment plan
0: so i i i think graham we're always looking for how can we how can we be collaborative uh, and invitational and the person who says you know i'm i'm never going to a 12-step meeting you know whether the, you know if they're one of their issues is is you know substance use disorder i'm i'm not starting with the fight right you know I'll, I'll start with tell me tell me what you want to accomplish and tell me what you think you're willing to do today yeah we'll start there we'll start there it doesn't mean that that's you know where we're ending but in general we're trying to help individuals lower resistance that doesn't generally happen with a with a full frontal assault. Um, so, especially cleaning. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I
1: was going to say, especially with the clientele that you're working with, right? Is is you know uh, mostly, you know, high profile, high net worth families and and people of that sort who are coming to you with a very different perspective than most people, right? And um, and it's hard to sometimes get them to make that shift because they do what they want, you know. And there's not a whole lot
0: holding them back. And, and many times, uh, the system that they've created around them supports their yes. that thinking and that decision making and that that level of of a, uh, a, a ability to, to to chart their own course. Yeah. Um, so. so so telling someone here's what you need to do um you know there are moments where that can work but most of the time it it really is a you know we're we're here to work together yeah and 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 you're telling me you're not happy about something i'm gonna throw out maybe it's connected to this if you want to prove me wrong that's awesome i i'm good with that
2: yeah Mm -hmm. Curious, what are some versions of success that you're seeing and and the ways in which they are structurally not anywhere close to the idea of being successful? Uh, So, for example, uh, you could have a very successful executive in the conventional idea, so they're C-suite, a very high-net-worth individual, but profoundly depressed and disconnected. And they might be surprised that they've been on the happiness treadmill for decades. They got the promotion, they got the title, and there, there's not much further left to go on the treadmill, and now they're at the, the cliff's edge. And what does that moment look like for people, and how would you help them explore the idea of success all over again? We, uh, I'm so glad
0: you asked that question because that is our client probably 50% of the time and so successful that they don't know anything else. And the narrative that they walk around with is, I have to be whatever. I have to succeed at this level. Um, and, And it it, despite their enormous level of success, it has limited them in their options and their and their ability to to be happy, um, because the narrative says I'm I'm happy when I'm the best in my industry. I'm happiest when I'm running twelve companies. I'm happiest when you know I own fourteen homes. I'm and those aren't the things making them happy. Yeah you know so so redefining success redefining meaning uh, and helping to find a you know passion and purpose like that's actually how i got into some of the the career counseling and executive coaching components was working with people and, and feeling like i needed to expand my ability to help them explore success in a new way and find new ways to define what the next chapter of their life could be without being held back by what some of the you know by all accounts successful chapters at the beginning of the book have been yeah. so that that and it's so powerful to watch when 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 somebody finds the next passionate experience that is completely outside what they thought it was going to be yeah. like it just it, it's it's that moment and we've all seen it with clients where they're like oh my goodness I could be doing this I you know and and uh you know I I've I've had it happen in my career those moments where like well wait a minute what what why why does technology you know, you know I have a master's degree in counseling well I what do I really need to know about uh, technology mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden, you find out like there's this this thread that once you start pulling on, it's like oh, this could do so much. Right. And 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 that's the moment that we want for our clients. Yeah, love that. It's awesome. And I think too, with those
1: really high functioning uh, individuals, you know, a lot of times what happens is they've got that thing that's that's you know keeping them in their routine, that's keeping their life together. They've got people that to answer to, and then. Maybe they retire and that all changes, right? They're all of a sudden they're at home, they're you know with with the family a whole lot more, not a lot on their plate, and before they know it, they didn't have a problem before, and now all of a sudden they're drinking three bottles of wine all day long, right? So um, it's or, interesting, or their spouses, oh, yeah. because they're home all day, one hundred percent. So and I actually went through kind of a little bit of that as a as the son, right? My. Dad worked on Wall Street forever and uh, retired when I was in, you know, pretty pretty early and I was in the seventh grade. So it went from like, you know, he was working a lot of my, my childhood to all of a sudden he was home all the time. And, you know, we have a great relationship now, but at that time I was already using drugs, you know, and I was already on my way. And, you know, we were not seeing eye to eye, you know, at that point in our lives and struggled uh, a lot. I'm sure he. You know, struggled a lot with me um, and what I put him through, but yeah, it's just interesting to see how that dynamic shifts with these high-functioning people in the in the family system. You know,
0: mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and retirement can be one of the triggers for that. Yeah. Um, but but again, talk about some individuals who've written some really amazing first chapters. So they create the multi-million or multi-billion-dollar business, yeah, and then they sell it. Yep now what? and the, the what next yeah that what next can be a very daunting moment 100
1: mm-hmm. percent. yeah that's scary because you're just you're always achieving and and you know if you don't have that that next thing that you're looking towards people fall apart a lot of times because you've been so
2: trained for that so mm-hmm. we live in a tough society um we can know what it means to succeed in a role but no one's actually talking about what it means to be a human mm-hmm Beneath all of that, what's, what's until they the start working with people like you, Ryan. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well,
0: thank you, thank you, thank right. you. Um, but, but, but to your point, Doctor, like the, are we human beings or are we human doings? And, right. and in most cases, we're a combination. And it's, it's it's finding that alignment for each of us at different points in our life because it changes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah and I think it's it's just so important for families and this is why we wanted to have folks like you on here for families to understand that there are other resources out there you know uh please please you know reach out to to people like Ryan or ourselves to you know just to have that conversation about you know what do we do in this in this situation and um you know we we are very happy to be working with you guys collaborating with you guys on a lot of stuff um is there anything that you wanted to plug uh maybe your website at, at the least and maybe some social media
0: um well, i i'd rather plug you guys uh, <laughs> because in in general the the clients who come to find us yeah. come through other people that we trust or other people that we've worked with and and so you know we're we're not we have a website we actually don't push our website we don't right. really push social media um, and 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 that's purposeful you know we 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 aren't trying to be the biggest we're trying to really be thoughtful and intentional. Uh, so that we can do our very best work. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, try, trifecta.com is is or sorry, trifecta.life is the website. Right. But uh, I, I'd I'd rather have somebody if if they think they that we can benefit them, I'd rather just have them give me a call and and have a conversation. Yeah, love it.
1: So Trifecta.life, life, uh, Mr. Ryan Hansen, Such a pleasure connecting with you today, um, and we look forward to to seeing you again in person soon.
0: Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to to come up and see you guys very very shortly. So thank you for having me today.
1: Thanks, Ryan.